Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job teaches us how to say yes and no to the right things. You need to stick with those things that you know is of God, that you know is your responsibility, that you know you've been called to, and you need to do it well and strong and with all your might and with all your heart and not take on a whole bunch of bulbs that God never asked you to light up. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today we continue a stirring series on how to escape the spiritual traps that immobilize us and to get our lives moving in the direction God has called us. It's titled, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call, and today Mark is helping us understand the importance of boundaries. If you ever miss one of our programs here on the air, feel free to catch up anytime by visiting our website, boldstepsweekend.org. So now let's join Pastor Mark for his message titled, Rediscovering Your Boundaries. I know what my call is. My call is a spiritual call. It's the call of a pastor. It's the call of a spiritual leader. And I know clearly that my call doesn't fall over to another call. I need to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Hello. Elijah had to know his boundaries. Number two, if you're taking notes, jot this down when you should be living energized. So not only do you need to know what to say yes to and no to when you know your boundaries, but I believe your boundaries help you live energized instead of depleted. Verse 3 of chapter 19 says, Elijah was afraid. He ran for his life, went to Beersheba in Judah. He was left there as servant. While he went a half day's journey into the wilderness, he came to Broombush, He sat down under it, prayed that he may die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. Elijah came to a point of absolute exhaustion. He felt suicidal. He felt discouraged. He felt disillusioned. In part, I believe, because he was trying to control things that God had never asked him to control. He was trying to control the outcome of things that he had no control over. Let me just say this about our calling. I believe many of us need to understand that you can control what God has called you to, but you can't control how people respond to what God has called you to. You can control your ministry and your responsibility, but you can't always control the outcome of how people respond to your ministry or responsibility. Let me say this. You can witness to someone and share the gospel with them, but you cannot control whether that person accepts the gospel or rejects the gospel. And it's not your responsibility to force them to accept the gospel. It's your responsibility to proclaim the gospel, to share the gospel, to talk to people, but you have no control over how they respond to the gospel. That's between them and God. And if you try to take on the responsibility that only God has, then you find yourself stressed out over the outcome of the calling that you have on your life. Are you tracking with me? 
Listen, parents, your responsibility is to train your children in the ways of God, to teach them right, to raise them in the right way. But when your children become adult children, your children will make decisions that have nothing to do with your parenting. It has everything to do with the choices that they make about their own life. And listen, too many parents, too many parents, when your children, adult children, are making bad decisions, you draw a direct line between your weaknesses as a parent and their actions as adult children. And how many of you know we all have weaknesses as parents, yeah? How many of you know that? And it's very easy to draw a direct line between, oh, I know I should have, I couldn't have, I did this. Hey, listen, he's 45. I think at 45, it's not all about the fact that you missed his first day at kindergarten. It may be that as a 45-year-old man, he's just making his own choices, and you are not responsible to control the actions of your son. You can pray for him, bless him, influence him, work before God that he would change his actions, but you are not responsible to control, to manipulate, to try to determine the outcomes of his decision. He is responsible for his own decisions. And you see, when we try to dictate the outcome of things, we become very overwhelmed and tired because we're trying to control things that we have no control over. If someone is mad at me and someone has something against me, my responsibility is to talk to that person if I know they have something against me and to try to make it right. But I can't control whether they forgive me or don't forgive me. Oh, let me say that again. See, if I've hurt someone and deliberately did something wrong, it's my responsibility to go to them and say, I am sorry, forgive me, this was wrong, I failed you. And if they say, well, you know, I'm still angry at you, I, I can't control their reaction towards me. It's not my job to try to make them forgive me. I can't spend my entire life trying to get them to forgive me. I am responsible for my action to ask for forgiveness, to seek forgiveness. Now what they do, I cannot control the outcome of their heart. That is between them and God. And some of you spend a lot of time trying to control the outcome of someone else's heart. You feel like you're responsible for that. And you know what? You take on a responsibility that God never asked you to. Guess what? God has something, oh, a lot better than you. It's called the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He convicts, he challenges, he works. You are not the Holy Spirit's assistant. I know you thought maybe there was a vacancy, but sorry, there's not. You are not the fourth person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit has no assistance. The Holy Spirit is enough of itself. So you can be used of God, but you cannot control the outcome of people's lives. Listen, I can preach the gospel. I can equip people. I can help people. I can challenge people. We can rebuke, exhort, love, encourage, but I cannot control the outcome of what you do with your life. I can't control it. And I need to understand that. 
If you're here and you've been part of this church and you decide, hey, I just want to leave God. I want to go to the world. I want to live my life. I don't want to have anything to do. I can pray for you, encourage you, love you, exhort you, challenge you. I can do all those things, but I have no control over the decision that you make, and I need to understand that. I leave it up to God, and I say, oh, Lord, I pray that you would help them, but I have no control over the decisions that you make, and I refuse to take responsibility because I know my boundaries. This is really important for us to understand because if you don't understand that, you can spend your entire life depleted and de-energized trying to take responsibility for things that God never asked you to take responsibility for. Elijah ended up suicidal, discouraged, because Israel had not reacted the way he thought Israel would react. Their response wasn't the response he thought they would have. He was trying to control the outcome. God never said for him to control Jezebel. God said, preach this. Call the people of Israel to repentance. God told Elijah what to do, but he didn't tell Elijah to control the outcome. There was boundaries that he had to accept and receive and know that is God's responsibility, not my responsibility. I'm going to do what I'm responsible for, and I'm going to leave the rest to God. Oh, there's a liberation that comes when you know I'm not responsible for only God is responsible for that. I'm responsible to do my part, but I'm going to leave what I cannot control up to the great master God that can control all things. When people come to me and there's, there's people that need to prayer for healing, I'm absolutely 100% believe that my God can heal. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, and I pray for healing. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to do what God tells me to do, to pray for their healing. But I'm going to leave the healing up to God because I'm not a healer. God is. Do you understand the difference? I'm not going to take on the responsibility that belongs to God. God has called me to do some certain things and then to release things over to God. Elijah was taking on responsibility that God had never asked him to take. I love what Dallas Willard says from the book, The Great Commission. He says, God never gives anyone too much to do. We do that to ourselves or allow others to do it to us. God has never given us too much to do. God gives us what we are to do within our bounds, what you have the capacity and power to do. But unless you know what you're called to do, unless you know what you should be doing, oftentimes we take on too much out of our own guilt or shame, or we allow others to put it on our plate when God never called us to do so. So not only do you need to know your boundaries so you can say yes or no at the right time, you need to know your boundaries so that you can live energized and not depleted. When I'm flowing in what God has called me to do, it tends to energize me. When I take on things that God never called me to do, it tends to stress me out. It tends to make me anxious. It tends to deplete my energy instead of give me energy. It's like a battery that's being drained. I, I love the illustration that... Uh, 
was given by, I believe it was Rick Warren talked about what happens with a battery. If you have a, a, a battery and you have one bulb that's connected to that battery, it can be pretty strong. But if you connect two, three, five, six, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 bulbs connected to one battery, then what happens is that battery gets depleted and none of those bulbs shine well. They're all very dim because the energy is spread out over way too many areas. This is Bold Steps Weekend, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. And Mark will continue his message in just a moment, so please keep listening. Did you know that you can hear this program every weekend right here in your local radio station and also online 24 hours a day? You can even access these messages on the Bold Steps podcast or through your smart speaker at home or in the office. To learn more about all the different ways you can listen to these bold Bible-based messages, just visit our website at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, let's get back into the second half of today's program. It's titled, Rediscovering Your Boundaries. Here's Mark Job. Uh, some of us are frustrated and our bulbs are very dim because you need to get rid of half of the bulbs you're trying to light and stick with the ones that God has really called you to light. You need to stick with those things that you know is of God that you know is your responsibility, that you know you've been called to, and you need to do it well and strong and with all your might and with all your heart and not take on a whole bunch of bulbs that God never asked you to light up. So my third point is you need to know your boundaries so you don't hold on to what you should be letting go of. I love the example of Jesus, by the way. Because Jesus knew what he was called to and what he was not called to. And people tried to suck Jesus into doing other things. And he said, that's not my calling. In fact, before his calling came, he said, my time has not yet come. People tried to make Jesus a political leader and a liberator of Rome. And he said, that's not my calling. My calling is to do the will of the Father. And if I do the will of the Father, then I've achieved my calling but I need to understand what God has called me to and what God has not called me to so that I can live energized in those things. Elijah said, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. He delegated these responsibilities. For years, Elijah had been trying to carry the whole nation of Israel on his back alone when it was not his responsibility to carry the whole nation of Israel. Once he realized that God desired him to share the burden, he was able to place kings in leadership and positions and raise up his successors. Elijah had to learn to let go so he could hold on to what God had really called him to. Let me read you a devotional paragraph about the bulbs. You're going to have to let go of some things that you may be holding, holding you back, call it decluttering, call it simplifying. There are some things that need to be laid aside in order to finish well. What kind of things am I talking about? Things that cause you to get discouraged. Think of it this way. 
If you attach one light bulb to a battery, the battery will run for a long time. But if you attach a hundred light bulbs to the battery, it will go dim and dark really quickly. It's my devotional from Rick Warren. Some of you are here and you are so depleted, so exhausted, so discouraged. And you say, I just can't understand why God has let me get in this place. And God's looking at you and say, I never called you to that place. You stepped into that place. You took on things that I never said, yeah, take it on. You took on responsibilities that I never said, yeah, you should take this. You did it to yourself. Now you're looking at me and saying, God, why am I so tired and energized and discouraged? I don't know. Look, I'm trying to do all this for God. Oh, don't blame God. Because let, let me tell you something. If you've taken on way too many responsibilities, it's not because of God. It's because of your own desire to please people. Because of your own insecurities because of your desire for success, because of what people may think, because of guilt, because of unhealthy codependence. But don't blame it on God. Because what God puts in your plate, He will give you the power and the strength to accomplish what He has called you to do. If you take on more than what God has called you to do, then you take on more than what you have energy for. So the question is, what has God called you to do? Amen? Amen. So here's what I want to close with. I want to close with one story that left a heavy, deep impression on my heart years and years ago when I first started in ministry at this church. This church was very, very small. They had no staff, no worship team, no parsonage. Very low salary for me. My, sal my total salary was $8,000. That's what they could afford. The total budget for the church was $17,000, and we had about 18 people. And so I came because I felt like God was saying, do something in this community with these people. And I had very little experience, no experience as a pastor. I was 21 years old. But when I stepped into that place, I remember my first day in the little building at 44th and Paline. I stepped into this little church chapel. No one was around. Everybody was at work. I walked into the back office. I had my Bible. And I sat down and I remember thinking, so now what do I do? There happened to be some squirrels in the tin roof of that building, so I heard the squirrels. I thought, well, at least me and the squirrels are here. <laughs> and so I thought, well, there's a lot of needs in the community. I'm going to try to just meet some needs. So I started going out, meeting with people, talking, feeling like, look at all the needs that are here. I need to help everybody out. And so I started doing that. And within a few short months, I was meeting with so many people, talking, helping marriages. I wasn't even married, but I was helping marriages out, helping guys 
get out of drugs, leading people to Christ, doing this, just throwing myself into it. And I started to feel like, hey, everybody needs me. People really need me. I have to help them. I have to fix them. I have to change them. I have to turn them around. And so from early in the morning today, and people would call me and say, Pastor, I really need you. I'm getting in a fight with my wife. Can you come over here? Sure, right now. I'm over there. Okay, put down the frying pan now. Put down the frying pan. All right, get over to this other side of the building. Get over. So I became a marriage counselor when I wasn't married. I became a drug uh, counselor when I really knew very little about it. I became a depression counselor when I didn't know anything about depression. I became a financial counselor when I had no money. And so I just figured, you know... Everybody needs me, and I need to do all this because they really, really need me to help out. And I went like that feeling like, Lord, almost like, Lord, good thing you have me on your side because, hey, these people really need me. Me and you, God, me mainly, but you're helping me out. And within a few months of going at that rhythm, I wasn't married. I had a mattress on the floor in a room in the back of, a, of, of an office building that my father-in-law-to-be let me have rent-free, so thank God that he let me stay there. And um, I woke up one day, and I was literally exhausted, depleted, and for several days I felt like I have no energy, I can't move forward. And one day, after several days of this, I woke up and I was sick. I could barely swallow. I got up to preach that Sunday and I was saying, Lord, help me not to pass out. And I felt like I was about to pass out. I was feverish, but I had no insurance. And so my grandmother, who lived about an hour away, had her doctor see me for free because I had no health insurance. And the doctor looked at me and he said, you have this, this, this. He said, son, you are depleted and physically exhausted. Unless you rest, this could be dangerous to your health. I said, rest? I can't rest. People need me. <laughs> so I laid on my couch, my grandmother's floral couch. And I remember laying there thinking, God, why did you do this to me? Why are you letting me get sick when so many people need me? Why are you letting me get depleted and exhausted when, when there's so many needs and people, they're going to call me and need me. I'm supposed to meet with this person and I can't. I'm supposed to do this and I can't. And I remember feeling just depleted, discouraged, exhausted. And the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit spoke to me said, you are trying to do this work in your own power. And you're doing things that I never called you to do. You know, I think if I would have continued at that rhythm, I wouldn't be your pastor right now. I would have quit ministry. I would have said, I can't do this. I'm not making a difference. There's too much demands. I would have burnt out. But I made a decision that day. I made a decision, God, forgive me because I need to seek you first. I need to be energized by your Holy Spirit. I need to spend time in your presence, Lord. I need to let you fill me. 
listening to Pastor Mark Job right here on Bold Steps Weekend. And if you'd like to revisit any part of today's program, you can do that by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. While you're there, you'll also have the opportunity to request a copy of our latest Bold Action Gift. It's a book written by Dan Darling called The Characters of Easter, The Villains, Heroes, Cowards, and Crooks Who Witness History's Biggest Miracle. You'll become acquainted with the unlikely collection of ordinary people who witnessed the miracles of Christ's death and resurrection. So take a fresh look at the Easter story and request your copy of this interesting book today. We'll send it when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just call 866-535-5580 or go to boldstepsweekend.org. And I'd also like to tell you about a special upcoming event that you'll want to put on your calendar. This May, you're invited to join Pastor Mark, Dr. Crawford Loritz, and Dr. Michael Radelnik for a 10-day Messianic journey through the land of Israel. Discover a more personal understanding of Scripture by stepping into the culture and landscapes where it all happened. Walk the streets and hillsides and shepherd fields where Jesus walked, and see the stories of the Bible come to life with your own eyes. This journey through the land of Israel departs May 21st, And to learn more, just go to boldstepsweekend.org. And before we close, don't forget to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly. It's free and delivered automatically to your inbox every Monday morning. Well, that's all the time we have today. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for joining us. And be sure to come back next weekend when Mark presents the final message in this series titled, Take the First Step. That's coming up on the next edition of Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.